the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kill the national anthem. That's what Roger Goodell needs to do. Sorry. We're a week and a half away from the first NFL exhibition game, and it'll be on national TV from the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, right up the road, 100 miles from here. And because uh, Roger and the NFL owners are gutless, the number one topic before, maybe during, who knows, and after the game for sure, is going to be who did what during the singing or playing of the national anthem. And on Friday, at the end of the show on Friday, actually, we told you that the, uh, the Associated Press had gotten a hold of the Dolphins' discipline document and uh, they looked at it, and it gives the team, the, the, the Dolphins, the power to suspend players for up to four games for what it says, what it called improper conduct during the national anthem. So the NFLPA, the, the players' union, sued the league a couple of weeks ago. I think it was back on uh, July 11th for implementing the rule that allowed the players to hide in the locker room during the anthem without going through the collective bargaining process. You know that rule? They could either hide in the locker room or come out, and if they did come out, they were required to stand for the anthem. So Roger had had enough, apparently, so he announced on Friday that there's a freeze on the anthem policy until it can be negotiated with the union. So here's what Goodell needs to do. He needs to put it all on the players. It's Enough is enough. He should announce that until further notice, the National Anthem will no longer be played before NFL games. Now, that's going to get a lot of people upset, all fired up. It'll be a gigantic controversy. But he needs to explain uh, that it's not the NFL's fault and and that the, that the uh, controversy and the threats by some players to protest, protest no matter what the league says – and the fact that at least one owner has said, it might be two, but I, I know for one, at least one has said that he won't punish his players for taking a knee or doing any other kind of demonstration during the anthem. Uh, Roger needs to say that all that stuff has completely ruined the concept and the purpose of playing the national anthem before games. It's supposed to be a unifying public ritual, not an opportunity to air grievances. Now, he can give the players a chance to vote. This would be really, I think, the way to do it. Um, give them a chance to vote, and here's the choice you, you have them vote on. We play the song, and everybody promises to stand, or we pull the plug. No song. It's up to you. You guys vote. And if they vote no song, the players take the hit. Roger could apologize to the fans who are upset and say that he and the owners love the tradition, but they're not going to allow the national anthem to be used for the purpose of airing grievances and having demonstrations and turning it into a circus. I think that makes them look like the good guys here if they do that. They're doing it to, to uh, prevent what it is that most people get upset about, which is what they consider to be the disrespecting of the, of the flag. And here's the thing. Right now it's black players who have a beef. What if some white players decide that they should use the anthem for a counter-demonstration during some game? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, they wear visors that look like they're CPAs and, they're, and they, they uh, are, are objecting to the high taxes they have to pay. I don't know. Whatever you want. Come up with something. Or, or, you know, just turn it into a carnival with the multiple groups doing multiple demonstrations. And the announcers, you know, they could run the replay after the anthem and explain everybody's routine and what they're protesting. Maybe put it in the game day program for the fans in the stands. Tell them what each group is planning to do during the anthem. And so if you're watching, you know, we want to, we want to they can sponsor it, uh, a nice ad in the program. We want to make sure that everybody knows what's going on out there, who's doing what and why and what their grievance is. So, uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's time for the NFL to surrender to the players, let them decide whether the national anthem is going to be played before games, and let them take the heat. And if they really believe in their cause, you know, that shouldn't be a problem. So that's it. Pull the plug. No anthem. Starting with the game in Canton. It'll never happen. I know. It'll never happen. But I think that would be the smart thing to do. 
and throw it right back in the players. Say, okay, listen, the whole anthem, it's, a, it's become a total fiasco. It's actually only a few players who are causing the problem, but we understand that they feel uh, we're not saying that their cause isn't just. We're not making any judgment on that. We're just not going to allow the national anthem to be used for this. And so you have the choice. You stand for the anthem, you don't have any demonstrations, or we don't play the song, and let the players, after the game, decide why they voted the way they did. And and the, and the union could, could do the... Uh, could handle the voting. It'd be easy for them. They could do it easily. Just take a vote. Meanwhile, uh, do you know what a, a, a baby is? It's a baby without a gender. CNBC ran a story last week about a couple uh, who had twins, one born with a penis and one with a vagina. Uh, I was going to say there was a boy and a girl, but that's not, you know, anyway. They decided not to allow their anatomy to determine their gender, and they wouldn't be using him or her, the pronouns him or her, to describe them. Just they, them, and their, T-H-E-I-R. And I'm not sure, but I don't think you're supposed to think there's anything wrong with that. In our second half hour, we'll talk to a professor of neuroscience uh, about boys' and girls' brains and whether you should be worrying about this becoming a trend. I don't know that it's becoming a trend, but it's out there. Also coming up, we're going to talk about legalized betting on sports events. That's coming up next with a former college basketball star who represents over 100 college athletic directors, and he says a major betting schedule, uh, major betting scandal is inevitable. Also, I'm going to try to get in at the end. I've been reading Bernie Sanders' tweets. His tweets are just the whining and the complaining about people making too much money are just unbelievable. I'm going to try to put together a list of Bernie's tweets about every, basically every CEO in America who makes too much money and his, and, and his employees aren't making enough money. Well, well, I'll do that. It's actually pretty hilarious. Well, anyway, I think, I think it's ridiculous, but I'm going to try it. We're going to do that, but when we come up next, we're going to talk about uh, betting on college sports and what kind of big problems it could cause. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consider Consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more, so much so that all of our team's titles have changed to Integrated Marketing Strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to SalemMedia.com and click the Careers link and search Pittsburgh to apply. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest-Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. 
For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code Radio 20. People come in with health concerns and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example, if you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn. And some of those reasons could be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. A lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. 888-865-9595. 888-865-9595. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, if the way the state handled the casino situation several years ago is any indication, there may not be legal sports betting in Pennsylvania in our lifetime. Uh, but when it is up and running, you can count on the state screwing that up. You can bet on it, actually. But it is coming at some point, and there are people out there who think it's only a matter of time before there is a major point-shaving scandal. One of those is Tom McMillan, a former basketball star at Maryland. He played 12 seasons in the NBA, served three terms in the U.S. House of Representatives. Now he represents all the Division I athletic directors in college football as uh, president of the Lead One Association. And, uh, Tom, thanks for being here. It's great to be with you, John. Thank you. Uh, so um, I must make sure I have the organization right, the, the Lead One Association? That's correct. Okay. Um, and then just before we get into it, uh, and what exactly you do represent athletic directors? Well, we represent the athletic directors and the programs of the 131 schools of the uh, FBS, the football subdivision. Well, you, what used to be known as Division One A. That's right. Okay. So um, you told the Post-Gazette, and this is, I should give the Post-Gazette some credit because I saw the story the other day, they've done a three-part story on, on the problems that could come up with college uh, sports and betting. So uh, I saw your name, you referenced in their story. You told the Post-Gazette that you think a point-shaving scandal in college basketball is inevitable when sports gambling is legal all around the country. Uh, why is it any more likely with legal gambling than it was or has been with illegal gambling? Well, uh, first of all, colleges are vulnerable because the kids are, you know, they're not pros. They're not making, you know, millions of dollars. Uh, they live in an open architecture system. They, they go to school with other kids. They live with other kids. Information can flow more freely. The practices are sometimes open. Kids can watch those practices. So it's a little different than the pros. And remember something, the United States is the only place where big time sports is at colleges, university. It doesn't, occur in Europe like this. So when you have gambling going on in your college campuses, there's going to be risk. Uh, the last 25 years, all the sports betting scandals in the United States have been with players that bet at the college level. Yet now, when you legalize it, yes, you'll have better data, you'll have better regulation, so forth. But that doesn't mean it won't happen. Uh, look at tennis uh, internationally right now. Tennis is you know, a very big sport for legalized gambling. But there was a recent report that came out that said there is a crisis of integrity uh, because of all the match-fixing scandals in tennis. So just because it's legalized doesn't mean you're not going to have scandals and fraud. Yeah, and um, but, I mean, I, I, and Post-Gazette pointed this out. I think they talked to a, a guy who was uh, spent some time at uh, Las Vegas, UNLV, and the fact that there was a betting parlor basically across the street from the, I don't know if it was the athletic dorm or where they practiced. So uh, that could be the case here. You could have, you could have a, some kind of a, um, uh, you could have somebody going across the street to a casino, maybe down the street a little bit from 
Heinz Field where Pitt plays to place a bet before the game. Well, and you got to remember something. Nevada is very experienced at this. The, the regulators and the, and the casino interests, they work very closely together. Yeah, I mean, it, it has worked fairly well in Nevada. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the prophet of gloom here. I mean, it was inevitable that sports betting was going to come to the United States. What's unusual about America is going to be on our college campuses. It doesn't happen anywhere in the world. And I think there's vulnerability. And my point is, it's going to cost money. These universities are going to spend money on compliance, on education, and the like. And all the profits are going to the gaming interest, but a lot of the risk is going to be borne by your colleges and university. And, and, and that's unfair in a lot of respects, because if there's a major scandal at Pitt or a school like that, it's going to blow up front page on the university, and they're going to take the hit. But the gaming interests are going to continue to make money on sports betting. And I think that the state owes it to these universities to provide resources to them to help to help ensure that it doesn't happen. I think if you have strong integrity programs, compliance, education, and you really and you really do a good job of it, yeah, I think it can work. But if you're leaving these schools to fend for themselves, I think it's risk. You know, I uh, that that's you're the first person I heard bring that point up. I, I guess it's it should be obvious to everybody, but I hadn't thought about that that because uh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not familiar enough with what goes on in other countries, and maybe I should be. But I, I, the fact that um, here in the United States, where we haven't had gambling, uh, we now have it, but we we have it, and it centers around colleges, which is supposed to be amateur, blah blah blah. Uh, it's it is totally different, and uh, I haven't heard that yeah, point I mean, made enough. Thirty to forty percent of the sports book in Vegas is co- are really colleges, and so you've got a very unusual situation. And, and the concept of providing money to higher education from gaming revenues is not new. There's 20 states in the United States that take some of their gaming revenues and give it to the universities. Well, what I'm arguing for is that a portion of this money should be earmarked for compliance, education, making sure you, universities don't get in trouble. I mean, your universities are extremely important assets in this country, and you can't allow a sports betting tail wag this dog, this important dog in your country. Yeah, I saw a stat, a survey that said 24% of college athletes admitted to having bet on sports. Um, do you think that's an accurate number? Does that, would that shock you? Yeah, and I do, and I think that the complexities here, are you going to let your players gamble sports bet? Are you going to allow, and Pennsylvania is a very interesting state because eventually you're going to be able to do it online and you're going to be able to do prop bets on the on. on situations in the games and are you going to let your staff bet are you going to let your trainers bet on the games i mean they know who's hurt uh yeah it's a um now the pros obviously you know that this is part of their business they they run you know obviously their their experience they'll have resources to do this but college universities these kids go back to their dorm room their girlfriend knows whether the kid is limping uh, they know whether he didn't sleep last night. Um, you don't have when pro players go back; they go home. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not such an open situation as colleges and universities. Yeah, it, it does uh, present a whole different set of problems, doesn't it? Um, well, that's why I think that states it's incumbent on states to provide resources to the colleges and universities. It just can't be heads. You know the the gaming interest wins and tails the colleges lose. No, that's not fair. That's these are two important assets for your country to allow sports betting to harm them. And if you had a major point shaving scandal at Penn State or something like that, I mean it's front page news. It's going to cost the, the university hundreds of millions of dollars. And I, I'll tell you this, I, I mean, on this very radio program, I trashed the Pirates for asking for money from the um, the gambling proceeds. For They wanted, they, they wanted uh, to use money to help repair PNC Park. I trashed them pretty good. Uh, and that's a totally different situation, isn't it, because it's the pros. And, and Well, I mean, but they, they still have integrity issues. They're going to have yeah. compliance issues. But, you know, that's a... They're also the integrity fees. Look, if, if colleges could get integrity fees, I'm all for it. But if they can't, then the state, from its tax money, I mean, Pennsylvania is taxing it 
thirty six percent. I yeah. mean, if you can't take some of that money and and you know and give it to your colleges to protect them, then there's something wrong here. We're talking to Tom McMillan, former uh, basketball player at Maryland in the NBA, and now he represents athletic directors all over the country as president of the uh, Lead One Association here on AM twelve fifty. The answer. Uh, with all the talk about kids deserving to be paid, um, Tom, does that make it more likely that they're going to be feeling entitled to making a few bucks from betting on or against their team? That's more money they're going to well, be seeing I mean, generated. You know, I think it's an unrelated issue. I mean, the fact that we that I think colleges and universities should get money to keep their programs clean is sort of unrelated to whether kids should be given more uh, in the, at the college level. I mean... I think that uh, if you look at the trends over the last few years from cost of attendance to unlimited meals to catastrophic insurance and all these things, the curve is going where these kids are getting more and more. And I think that'll continue. That's not going to stop either by court action or, 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 or by, uh, by positive action by the NCAA. But, I mean, I think, sports, I think the issue of sports betting is somewhat unrelated to that. Even though people do like to tie it, they say, well, these kids are, you know, poor and they're not making money. And maybe if they made money, then they wouldn't engage in any point shaving scandals. But, but remember, some of the point shaving scandals that occur in Europe occur in lesser known matches. They're not always the big matches. They may be secondary and tertiary matches. So, um, you might have a, you might have a scandal involving, Two smaller schools in Pennsylvania. It may not be Pittsburgh or Penn State. Maybe two smaller institutions. So yeah. it's not always the big ones that are caught up in these scams. I think Toledo had an issue in football not too long ago. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I think those are the risks as well. So, so Tom, you played uh, big time college basketball at Maryland, and you played in the NBA for twelve years. So you tell me, you're a player. How hard would it be to shave points? Could one guy do it? Well, in basketball, I think there's a it's a sport where you know a player can miss a free throw or a, a player can but uh, uh, a player can uh, miss a free throw. You could uh, miss a shot, uh, not defend a guy. I mean, I think it's a um, I think it's uh, you know I think it's more vulnerable there when you have more players in the field like football. There. The quarterback, obviously, is a big factor there. But basketball, certainly, it could be influenced. Uh, last question, Tom. What's the bigger problem for college basketball? Kids not getting paid or the NBA rule that prevents a kid from going from high school to the NBA? Well, I've been, you know, I wrote a book about this back in 91. I always said that what the college model is is for kids who want to go and get a college education, not have to go, mm-hmm. want to and the one-and-done rules and all that is sometimes for kids, you're forcing kids to go to college when they don't really want to go there. I think it's incumbent on the NFL and the NBA to develop viable pathways so that if a kid doesn't want to go to college, there's a pathway for them uh, to the pros. Uh, and I think that, that, that would go a long way towards cleaning this up. Hey, Tom, I appreciate you being on. We're out of time. I got a hard break, and I got to go. Uh, thanks a lot, and good no luck with problem. this. No problem. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Bye-bye. That's Tom McMillan, uh, and he's with the Lead One Association. And there you have it. Uh, it sounds to me like that's going to be a big problem. And he he, he convinced me that uh, the colleges do deserve some of this money because they – I had really hadn't really thought of that, that you know people were always making comparisons to Europe where they bet on everything. But they don't have big-time college sports over there. We do. And it's big, big, big time. Too big, actually. But it's a problem, and they're going to have to figure it out, and it's going to get to be a bigger problem as soon as they start betting all over the place. When we come back, we're going to talk about they-bees, as in T-H-E-Y-B-I-E-S, right here on AM 1250, The Answer. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is exploring the possibility of revoking the security clearances 
Several former top Obama administration officials who now criticize him on a regular basis. Last week, former CIA Director John Brennan described President Trump's press conference with Russia's Vladimir Putin as nothing short of treasonous. And now White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders says the president wants to strip Brennan's security clearance. The president is exploring the mechanisms to remove security clearance because they've politicized and in some cases monetized their public service and security clearances. Others on the list include former FBI Director Jim Comey and former National Intelligence Director James Clapper. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reporting. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 14 points. The Nasdaq rose 22. The S&P advanced 5. Crude oil down 37 cents to close at $67.89 a barrel. This is SRN News. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. Dennis Brigger doesn't normally resort to name-calling. But sometimes the shoe fits. I hate calling people names. But it has come to the point where there are people on the left now so freely used Nazi that I think calling them an arrogant fool is uh, somewhat mild, would you say, compared to Nazi? The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. (sighs) That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. You hear it every time you finish a meal and never feel anything. But if we were able to associate this sound with a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural response from you. Save the food. Why are we doing this, you may ask. Save the food. Because this ad is trying to change your after-meal behavior through brainwashing. Because food waste costs the average family $1,500 a year. Save the food. Cha-ching. And $1,500 extra bucks is like getting a pay raise. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Which could pay for your child's braces. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Check out my braces. So when you hear this sound, rethink your behavior. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It's a very solid ride on the Parkway East outbound. Delays from Forbes Avenue to Edgewood Swissvale. On the inbound side, heavy Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West not doing too badly. On outbound 65, you'll see a slow ride from Route 19 up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. And in Brentwood, an accident 51 at Brownsville Road. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We could see a shower or thunderstorm in a few spots this evening. Otherwise, partly to mostly cloudy and muggy tonight, a low of 68 degrees. Still humid tomorrow and tomorrow night. Mostly cloudy skies with a shower or thunderstorm in the area on occasion. A high of 81 tomorrow with a low of 67 tomorrow night. We'll stay unsettled Wednesday. Mostly cloudy and muggy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. An afternoon high of 80 degrees. I'm meteorologist Steve Travis on AM 1250, The Answer. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, things were a lot simpler when I was a kid. Uh, a boy was a boy, a girl was a girl. There was no room for discussion. Uh, that's obviously changed. Been a lot of talk about a story that ran on CNBC a few days ago about a married couple who had twins. One born with a penis, one born with a vagina. They decided that they were not going to assign a gender to either one of them, and apparently let the kids decide at a certain point which they which gender they want to identify with. And they will use the pronouns they, them, and their, no, he, or she. Uh, Dr. Lise Elliott is a professor of neuroscience at the Chicago Medical School of Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science. She's also the author of a book called Pink Brain, Blue Brain. Doctor, thanks a lot for being here. Sure. Uh, let's start with asking if it's a good thing to allow your kids to pick their gender. And uh, I, I guess I don't know how much of a trend that is at this point, but it, maybe it's coming. Well, I don't know about picking your gender, but um, I think we're moving more and more towards a future that will be gender free um, or at least a lot more gender neutral than it currently is. I mean, we have really strongly defined gender roles and um a lot of people feel that that kind of limits our potential as humans. Obviously, it's limited women for a long time, and I think one could also argue that it limits men to be kind of boxed into a, a corner as well. Does it? Does the uh, fact that you identify your gender limit what you can do, or does is it is it the fact that society has decided, you know, or did decide thousands of years ago that each gender has certain roles in, in that given society. I mean, uh, is, it be, is it because we've uh, developed an inability to uh, um, allow people who are identified as one gender or another to do whatever they want to do? You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say here is like it's, 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 it'd be okay if you, if you defined a gender if people didn't treat you a certain way because of the definition. Uh, well, I think... You know, as humans, we classify people, right? Right. I mean, that's that's our that's that's social life. We're social. We're a totally social species. We're all about figuring out what the pecking order is. What are the relationships? Who's your ally? Who's your enemy? And so, uh, every every labeler we have—child, adult, you know, man, woman, boy, girl—has so many connotations with it that once. Uh, a person has a label, they're treated that way. I mean, you can talk to, I mean, transgender people actually have the biggest experience of this, of how how people react to them very differently uh, when they're in one body versus another. I mean, we can't divorce ourselves from our uh, our knowledge and stereotypes of, of gender roles. You've done a lot of studies with kids. Um, what happens when you, when I'm talking about you, and uh, I think you've done the study yourself. I saw a video with you talking about this. Uh, what happens when you put groups of three-year-old boys and girls together in a room with boys and girls toys at that age, at three? Yeah. Um, so, you know, typically developing children who are growing up in conventional communities where the toy aisles are pink or blue usually figure out by the time they're three or maybe four, uh, you know, uh, what are the appropriate boy toys and what are the appropriate girl toys. So boys at that age will 80%, spend about 80% of their time with the trucks and the balls, and girls will uh, spend about 80% of their time with the dolls and the pink things. Anything pink, actually. Even if it's a little pink pistol, uh, she will... She will uh, play with that, and the boys will avoid it. Um, so it's not so much the properties of the toys as it is probably their understanding of what is for girls and what is for boys. And they can only be getting that understanding from having been influenced by their parents or someone, yeah, an I adult? Yeah, I think largely, largely. I mean, if you study infants in the first year of life, um, all boys and girls prefer dolls to, to trucks. They they were instinctively social, and we all need to focus on the human face. I mean, 
children, baby boys or boys and girls are equally empathetic, you know, sensitive to other people's needs. Um, but then that changes later through, you know, social learning and modeling. Well, is the uh, they be mo- mo- movement something that could catch on? And if so, would that be a good thing? That what these two people well, are, are doing that, that uh, yeah. CNBC did a story on? Well, I, you know, gender roles are pretty entrenched. You know, just look at the magazine section uh, in any airport. Um, so, you know, I think we are gradually moving towards the kind of Star Trek unitard future where, um, uh, you know, there's less definition, there's less segregation, separation and distinction between male and female. You know, we could probably get rid of the bathroom distinctions. We don't need them on airplanes, and we don't have men's rooms and women's rooms in our homes. We could probably get by and, and break break down that whole bathroom war problem. But, of course, you know, we do have different roles in reproduction, uh, and uh, and that's never going to change. Women are still going to have the babies and, um, and nurse them, and, and so that will, you know, leave certain differences probably in in our degree of investment in parenting so i don't know it's all a big work in progress uh, our societies are constantly evolving i think i hope towards greater equality democracy um and uh, gender is another you know form of separation that will probably break down we're talking to lise elliott dr lise elliott a professor of neuroscience uh, at the chicago medical school of rosalind franklin university of medicine and science that's a that takes me a long time to say that but <laughs> um, so, well, if you don't know who Rosalind Franklin was, okay, uh, you should Google I don't, her. She's no. one of the most important figures in the history of science. Um, yeah, she she uh, she collected the data. She was an X-ray crystallographer in Britain in the 1950s, and she collected the data that Watson and Crick used to confirm the structure of DNA. Wow! Um, so she probably would have gotten the Nobel Prize as well had she not died of ovarian cancer from the X-rays she was exposed to through all that research. Wow! Um, so I, I so I want to get back to the bathroom issue um, because that's a that's that's a pretty big deal, and um, it is that something that you see just evolving to where it doesn't matter anymore because the young people. The people, the, the kids who are 15, 16, 10 years old now, um, you know, 30, 40 years from now, it's just not going to be a big deal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, we have, you know, we share bathrooms on airplanes, and, and a lot of restaurants now have, you know, all-gender bathrooms. As long as you've got a locked stall, I think mm-hmm. we're just fine. Everybody wants privacy. What's interesting to me is that young people... You know, it's not like we have these whole naked locker rooms going on. Boys and girls, teenagers now, they're all seeking privacy. They're not naked in front of each other. Uh, so, you know, I think it's kind of uh, an artificial Well, I can issue. remember as a, as a uh, 14-year-old uh, boy that uh, gym class uh, and having to take showers was a traumatic experience for everybody. Right. I mean, yeah. it was not fun. So, but they but, don't. And I, they I, don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I can tell you <laughs> this: they better not put any girls in there when I was fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> uh, uh, men and women. This is a, this is something that I've always wondered about. And and you're you know you're talking about how this we seem to have just. Not, I say we humans have just recently. Uh, started talking about uh, gender roles and and eliminating gender altogether and the and the definition and, and however you want to put it. As a sports guy, uh, my background has been in sports mostly. You know, men and women have been on the planet for the same amount of time, and evolution was a pretty long process. And I'm pretty sure all the sports that boys and girls play today, every single one that I know of, was created invented by a man. So. My question is, if it's not a natural thing for boys, men to just you know, be competitive and to be involved in sports, why in all the time that both of us, meaning both genders, <laughs> have been on the planet, has, not, has a woman not invented a sport that men want to play? No, no, I mean, that's a serious question. Uh, gymnastics? Uh, I don't gymnastics? think they invented it. Uh, you know, okay. I, I mean, I, well, I, it's a serious question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that if you go to the gym today, um, half the people working out are men and half are women, at least in my gym. Um, and, you know, I, 
certainly at the most elite levels of performance, you are going to see performance differences. Men are bigger, stronger. Right. But my question is, and I have not, I've yet to have anybody answer this, um, why have we been on the planet? How many, men, how many years have, have we been on the planet together? And I can make you a list of a thousand sports, well, a thousand, I can make you a quick list of 50 sports, all mm-hmm. of which were invented by men, and I can't find one that was invented by a woman mm-hmm. that, want, that men want to play. And, it, and I'm not saying that to, to take a shot at women. I, I, I don't understand if there's not a natural uh, inclination or proclivity for sports and competition built into men. Why is that the case? Uh, well, for one thing, back in those battle days when those sports were invented, there was no contraception, and these girls were probably getting pregnant at about 13, 14, 15 years of age. So that's right at your age of peak performance. Um, there's, there's no question that men uh, compete physically in many cultures, and, um, you know, we all compete. Uh, females compete more through what we call relational aggression, more right. of a kind of mean girl backstabbing. So competition is built into social structure. Um, but when it comes to just physicality, I mean, if you study kids under the age of puberty, um, there there's not a whole lot of difference between boys and girls in terms of physical skills. So one of my one of my questions is, and and there's some serious scholars who are are, are arguing that we're we may actually be suppressing female athletic achievement by separating boys and girls before the age of puberty. Imagine if a lot more girls were playing co-ed soccer instead of all-girls soccer. Uh, you know, that could right. potentially elevate the level of achievement. And certainly girls could be playing baseball quite well, but they got slotted into softball years ago. Um, and, you know, all this stuff about targeting ability. You know, men are better than women around the world in uh, hand-eye targeting, but not in countries where they don't play throwing sports. So in Latin, you know, in yeah. Latin America, uh, where they play only soccer, uh, you don't see that that huge gender difference in in uh, hand-eye coordination. So that, there's, you know, there's 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 innate uh, biases, there's hormonal and genetic factors that play into all of these things. But it doesn't really interest me. What interests me more is. What are we doing with our brains as babies, as children, as adolescents, and what does that make us good at? And, you know, most parents have uh, strived to advance their daughter's achievement through athletics, through science, through math, and it's working. You know, girls are are, 70% of high school valedictorians and, you know, making great advances in athletics. Um, But we haven't given boys the same latitude to, uh, in fact, boys are getting more boxed into a corner. Um, you know, if you try to sign your son up for an art class these days, even though we, the museums are full of Picasso and Rembrandt, um, boys have learned that art is a girl or gay thing, and they, they've sort of checked out, which is really kind of a loss. Last thing, uh, I saw a story recently that a new TV series uh, uh, about Supergirl is going to include a transgender superhero. And also that the new Batwoman is coming out, and the new Batwoman is a lesbian. And I'm just wondering, has the effort to make these differences acceptable, um, has it evolved into an attempt to promote them? And what's the effect on kids? Is there well, a difference? I don't know. I try, to, I, try, I try to stay away from pop culture as much as I can. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's no question that what, what uh, we're what we see in the media changes our attitudes about what's normal and what's deviant. And I think, you know, there's been so much bullying and uh, harassment and murder of uh, gay and and trans people that um, I'm not too worried about uh, converting anybody at this point. You know, there's really, we live in a uh, predominantly heterosexual world, you know, it's all, you know, built on the model of the high school prom, and that's the dominant thing that kids are learning uh, as they grow up and witness the world around them. So these other, these other uh, types of sexuality and gender, you know, um, are just kind of broadening the palette, in my view. Hey, Doctor, I really appreciate you being on with us. I'm out of time. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Take and, care. and I mentioned, too, I want to mention to you, you are the author of a book called Pink Brain, Blue Brain. And so that's, right. that's out there. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that's Lise Elliott, and she is a uh, professor of neuroscience, and I will be right back. 
people come in with health concerns, and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example of you have heartburn. There's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn, and some of those reasons could be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. A lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. 888-865-9595. I'm Andy Solomon. Just as clouds can take many shapes, your Cheetos can too. And it's clear that Cheetos fans are exceptionally creative when it comes to identifying interesting shapes in their Cheetos snacks. Brandy Ray, Director of Marketing for Frito-Lay. This summer, the Cheetos brand will once again encourage fans to let their imaginations roam as they look for unique shapes in their Cheeto snacks for a chance to win what they see. Fans can submit a photo and description of what they see in their interestingly shaped Cheetos. For each entry period, Cheetos will pick a winner and customize a -a one-of-a-kind prize inspired by their winning Cheetos shape. If you're eating your favorite Cheeto snack and see a shape that looks like a guitar, you might just win an electric guitar and concert tickets. Or if you find a Cheeto shape that resembles a lobster claw, you might win a trip to Maine for a lobster feast. Over the 10-week contest, eight winners will receive a prize value up to $11,000. No purchase necessary. For more information and to submit your unique Cheeto entry, go to CheetosWinWhatYouSee.com. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, Cobra. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone who has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I just want to say there were some things there that Dr. Elliott said that I disagreed with and would have been more contentious about, but I'm not going to do that here where I ask somebody to take time out of their day to come in. I'm basically, I have them here not necessarily to challenge them on everything, but just to hear their uh, opinions. And um, But she was stumped, completely stumped. I stumped a professor of neuroscience with my question about why is there not one sport in the history of the human race that has been invented by a woman that a man wants to play. Now, I wrote a book called Just Watch the Game, and you can get it at Amazon if you want. It's still out there. It sold very well here. It was a very uh, well-received book. In one of the chapters, I I pointed out that I I made a list of all the sports invented by men, you know, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, rugby, boxing, golf, soccer, bowling, billiards, lacrosse. I mean, I could keep going. 
And I came up with two that might have been invented by a woman, and they were jacks and um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, hopscotch. So uh, I haven't. I just. I'm sorry, but um, I've asked. I've asked a lot of people that question, and nobody can answer it for me. And this is a this is a professor of neuroscience, and she could not talk about or give me a good answer on the evolution of the human race and why it evolved to this point. How many years have we been on the planet? Thousands of years on the planet together. That men invented sports. They we both been here at the same time. She tried. And she threw in that uh, age of puberty, and they get pregnant, and they couldn't play. But I'm not buying that because the the, the uh, they, they can play at an old. They could have. I'm not buying it. So um, I stumped her. So I, and I'm I, I didn't I didn't ask her the question to stump her. I wanted to get an answer for it, and there is no answer. The answer to me is men are more programmed. Um, what's the other? What's the word? Um, just they're just built for sports and they came up with it and many of the sports that they came up with they came up with to get away from women so that they could be not bothered by their wives i have a story in the book about the invention of golf and golf was invented over right where they played the british open this past weekend uh, over there in scotland at st andrews and it was a bunch of uh, shepherds who uh, decided that they would play a game where they would hit round rocks into a hole with their sticks and there were, and that's how golf was invented. Now, do you think that maybe they might have done that, figuring there's no way the women are going to want to do this? And the women were back doing whatever they did, and they were saying, what are you guys doing? We're hitting a rock in this hole. They thought they were idiots. And if one of them would have said, if one of the guys would have said, hey, look, I'm going to invite my wife to come out, and maybe she wants to hit these rocks in, into, a, uh, into one of these gopher holes, and the other four guys would have beaten them to a pulp if he would have suggested that. That's why they were out there. Now, that doesn't mean that women shouldn't be playing sports, and it's not great that they are, but they were invented by men for men. And somebody please let me know when a woman invents a sport that a guy wants to play. And now, you know what? I think it's really time we went. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com